Welcome to a New Testament journey. We'll have our Bible reading followed by our devotional. Chapter 17 Jesus said to his disciples, Things that cause people to stumble are bound to come, but woe to anyone through whom they come. It would be better for them to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around their neck than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. So watch yourselves. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. He replied, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it will obey you. Suppose one of you has a servant ploughing or looking after the sheep. Will he say to the servant when he comes in from the field, come along now and sit down to eat? Won't he rather say, prepare my supper, get yourself ready and wait on me while I eat and drink. After that, you may eat and drink. Will he thank the servant because he did what he was told to do? So you also, when you've done everything you were told to do, should say, we are unworthy servants, we've only done our duty. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus travelled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go, your faith has made you well. Once, on being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, The coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed. Nor will people say, Here it is, or there it is, because the kingdom of God is in your midst. Then he said to his disciples, The time is coming when you will long to see one of the days of the Son of Man, but you will not see it. People will tell you, there he is, or here he is. Do not go running off after them, for the Son of Man in his day will be like the lightning, which flashes and lights up the sky from one end to the other. But first he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. Just as it was in the days of Noah, so also will it be in the days of the Son of Man. People were eating, drinking, marrying and being given in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. Then the flood came and destroyed them all. It was the same in the days of Lot. People were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. But the day Lot left Sodom, fire and sulphur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. It will be just like this on the day the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, no one who is on the housetop with possessions inside should go down to get them. Likewise, no one in the field should go back for anything. Remember Lot's wife. 
Whoever tries to keep their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life will preserve it. I tell you, on that night two people will be in one bed, one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding corn together, one will be taken and the other left. Where, Lord? they asked. He replied, Where there is a dead body, there the vultures will gather. Jesus is perplexed by the nine non-returning lepers, not because they lacked gratitude, but because they failed to see who he is. Their lottery numbers came up and they forgot to cash in the ticket. How could they have been so blind? The nine lepers have been wasting away outside of the city, cut off from all prospects and relationships, permanently ringing a bell and saying, unclean, unclean, and watching their body decay before their eyes. Now they can live again. They're healthy and can marry and gain employment. They can rejoice and converse with others. But if they're really smart, they will realise how much more they can find if they simply return to Jesus. The nine have received a tiny offcut of grace and have been too thick or too distracted to come back to get the whole meal. Our cultural narrative tells us to be like the nine. It encourages us that we can live our dreams and be happy if we can just get free from the oppression of X. X might be the expectations of society. X might be a particular government or a particular relationship or a particular group of people who make us live a lie. X might even be a physical illness or a mental health issue. Our culture tells us all we need is to throw off that one thing and then you be you and you can step out into a life of unadulterated bliss. Jesus is puzzled by that idea. He knows we are oppressed by external factors like leprosy and he wants to set us free from them. But he knows we can only then thrive in our newfound freedom when we have our hearts formed by him by sitting under his teaching. The life of bliss, what Jesus called blessedness, is found in Jesus's kingdom when we make Jesus our king. How amazing would it be to copy the clever former leper? What if, when we snag a nice feeling from Jesus, we follow the logic so that when we feel lonely, rather than trying to feel good about ourselves, we come to Jesus and receive affirmation beyond belief? What if, when we stumble across an answered prayer for provision, we choose to move beyond hoarding our stuff for our goals and instead open up our purses and generosity and trust God that he knows what we need? What if we decide to interact with Jesus, not just to take temporary tonics, but to lean into his long-lasting, life-transforming leadership? What if we trust Jesus, not just to give us delightful moments of deliverance, but also to lead us into the slower and equally delicious renovation of our hearts. Here's a question for reflection. What aspect of your heart is Jesus wanting to renovate? How could you let him do that? We pray God's word bears fruit in your life. For all the information about the New Testament journey, head to www.anewtestamentjourney.net.